At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello and welcome to the Rich Dad Radio Show. This is Kim Kiyosaki. We're talking about the good news and the bad news about money. And I'm hosting the show today as Robert is off in another part of the world doing what he does best. So uh, today's a very, very special show because we're going to be talking to an expert on how to basically really create the life you want. How do you take an idea and really make it real? make it happen, bring it into fruition. How do you take motivation? Everybody's so motivated, but how do you take that motivation and then actually put it into action? How do you go out there in the real world and get something done? How do you go from an employee that maybe you have an idea and you go, yeah, I really always wanted my own business. I really wanted to be in control of my life. How do you go from employee to entrepreneur? And how do you do all of this and keep moving forward and keep growing that business. So today we have an expert, she's an entrepreneur, she's an author, life and business coach and digital marketing expert. She's the host of the award-winning show Marie TV and she's coming out with a book in 2019 called Everything is Figure Outable. And basically what she does is she works with people to take them from where they are to where they wanna be. That's it. So if you have an idea or if you in a, if you are an entrepreneur, you just at a, are at a place where here you are, but here's really where you want to be. Here's really where I want to go. She's your girl. So I want to welcome to the show Marie Forleo. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your show. And I know I told you this before, but your work and uh, your husband's work, it's made such a difference in my life. So this is really an honor to be with you. Oh, it's our honor. It's our honor. And you've had so much success. And, you know, let, let's just get started. Can you tell a little bit about your story, how you started? Because I know you didn't start in this world of entrepreneurship. Um, and I did how, not. What, what got you no. on this whole path? What got me on the path, you know, my first job out of college was actually on Wall Street, on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And I'm a person who has a lot of energy, and I was really excited about making my mark in the world, and I was thrilled to have that opportunity because it is a really, you know, wonderful, exciting place to be. But I'll tell you, Kim, pretty quickly, like within the first six months, I found myself hearing this little voice inside. That little voice. We know that little voice. Yes, that little voice that says, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't who you're supposed to be. You're meant for something different. You're meant for something more. And I'll tell you, at first, that little voice started out as a whisper. And then as time went on, it got louder and louder and louder until one day I found myself on the floor and I started to just 
have difficulty breathing. I was like sweating. There was nothing wrong with me physically. There was no cold or anything, but it was just an emotional and kind of a soulful breakdown that was happening inside because I didn't want to hear this voice. First of all, I'm the first one in my family to go to college. My parents busted their butts to pay for that. You know, there was a bit of debt that I was working off. And all I kept thinking in my logical brain was like, wait, you have a steady job. There's health benefits. You're getting a paycheck. You're 21 years old. Like you need to buckle down and do this. And I'm a very hard worker, but I could not ignore that little voice. So that one day when I found myself having trouble breathing, I said to my boss, I said, hey, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go grab some coffee. I'll be right back. A normal thing to do in those days. What I did, Kim, was I ran out from the floor and I beelined towards the nearest church. I had gone to a Catholic (laughs) university in college. And so my way of like trying to figure things out was to go sit in the chapel. And I sat outside the steps. And in those days we had flip phones. That was where cell phones were at. It was like in the late nineties. And I just started crying. I started crying uncontrollably because I felt like such a failure. And I called my dad, and this is what really sent me on the path. I was, you know, couldn't even barely breathe. There was snot coming out of my nose. I was blubbering. I'm like, Dad, I'm so sorry. You worked so hard to put me through college. I'm here at this job. I can't stand it. I want to quit, but I feel crazy because this little voice keeps saying, this isn't who you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do. But that voice isn't telling me what I am supposed to do instead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you knew you weren't where you wanted to be. You wanted to be someplace else, but you didn't know where you wanted to be. So how did you figure that out? How did you know what it is you wanted to do? Well, my dad told me a very important thing. He said, look, you're going to be working for the next 40 to 50 years of your life. If you hate this job as much as it sounds like you do, you have to quit and you have to keep searching for something that you love and you love it so much. You're so passionate about it that it's never going to really feel like work when you're doing it. And he's like, if this isn't it, then you need to quit and go find out what it is. He's like, you've worked since you were nine. You've babysat. You've always been a hard worker. I'm not worrying about you keeping a roof over your head. But until you find that thing, don't stop searching. So that was really a turning point. And I just kept going, Kim. I tried to look inside. and So, say, you, okay, so, you, quit your, so you quit your job as you were yes. searching? You quit your job, then yes, you started I, searching. So how did you, how did you right. sur- support yourself? Bartending waiting tables, doing all the things that I did when I helped put myself through college. I am one of those people who I don't care as long as it's honest work. I don't care if I'm cleaning toilets, which I actually did, or doing anything. Nothing is below me as long as it's honest work and I'm getting a paycheck. So I supported myself like that while I started to just look inside and say, what are the gifts and skills that really light me up? What are the things that I'm good at? What are the areas out into the world that I feel like, well, maybe I can make a contribution or that would be really fun. And so I went on an odyssey. The only two things I knew about myself was that I was really creative because I used to draw and paint. One day when I was little, I wanted to be like an animator for Disney. But I also had this passion for small business. My dad was a small business owner growing up. So I found myself, the first thing that I went towards was magazine publishing because I thought maybe that was going to be it. It was this blend of commerce and creativity. And to be honest, I just went on a series of failing at different jobs until I finally found the thing that I was meant to do. So, but, you know, what you're, but what you're saying is really important, Marie, because you went out and you did something. I, I know a lot of people, yes. they say, oh, I, I want my own business, but they don't do anything to figure that out. So the way you figured yes. it out is you actually went out there and you did different things. And I'm, yes. I'm guessing and with every job you had, you got a little clearer on what it is you wanted to do. I did. And in fact, being on different in different industries. So in the publishing industry, I was in the advertising sales department for a little while. And again, I I went in bright eyed and enthusiastic, wanting to do the best job I possibly could. But then I started to get a clue because I looked ahead at the chief 
in that kind of arena who was the publisher. She was a woman who was powerful. She was smart. Uh, she was accomplished. She was kind. But when I looked inside my own heart, the truth was I didn't want to become her. Mm-hmm. No part of me aligned with going like, that's the ladder I want to climb. That's what I want to do. And so I thought to myself, well, if I don't want to eventually go up in the ranks here, I'm wasting their time and mine. This still isn't it. And that little voice kept speaking up like, nope, Marie, this isn't it. And I'll tell you, Kim, every time I tried different jobs, I was getting more and more panicked because I felt like a failure. I felt like there was something wrong with me. You know, I went to another role in the publishing industry on the editorial side. This time I was a fashion assistant um, for a women's magazine. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this is more the creativity I've been craving, right? <laughs> maybe I've just been too far on the business side. And so I showed up there trying to do my best work, trying to do a good job. And I'll tell you, I looked ahead at the path. I looked at who the editor-in-chief was. And Kim, I think you'll appreciate this. I learned what the salaries were for folks in that position. And I was like, no way. I want more for myself than that. And you know what you're saying, too, because we talk about you've got to find the environment that best suits you. And I think you and I are similar in that I worked in in the corporate world for about only five years until I knew this was not that this is not where I wanted to climb up. Um, And I had to create that environment that best suited my talents where I could really thrive. And corporate wasn't it for me. And it sounds like it wasn't it for you. So how did you actually find your purpose or your calling? So one day I was at Mademoiselle, which was that magazine, and I was on the Internet, probably when I shouldn't have been, and I stumbled upon an article, and it was about a brand-new profession at that time. Again, this is 1999, called coaching. And even though I was 23 years old, I read this article, and Kim, something lit up inside my heart that had never lit up before. It was like that metaphorical idea of when the clouds part and angels have trumpets, and it's like, (laughs) oh, right? That was the feeling on a cellular level. And even though my logical mind said, Marie, this is nuts. You're 23 years old. Who the hell in their right mind is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You haven't lived life. You can't even hold down a job because you keep quitting. What makes you think you could do this? That was one side of my brain. But the other side of me, the wiser part of me, the deeper part of me said, "Uh uh-uh, there's something here. This is it. you got to pursue it. And so I signed up for a three-year training program, which happened all digitally, right? It was all via teleconference in those days. And I kept working at Mademoiselle during the day. Fast forward six months, I got a call from HR about a promotion to Vogue, which, as we know, one of the top fashion magazines in the world. That was my fork in the road. Either stay on the safe corporate path, Keep getting the paycheck, the health benefits, right? Just stay in your lane. That that carrot's being dangled in front of you, and you've got to make a choice. Yes, or quit and do this weird-ass life coaching thing that sounds totally nuts, not logical, not smart at all, but everything in me wanted to do it. So, of course, I quit. I didn't have savings. I was um, probably about ten to $12,000 in debt still after college, and I went back to bartending and waiting tables, and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to build a business during the day, and I'm just going to work my tail off because I was living in New York City at night and on the weekends and as much as possible to figure this out and to do something that I really love. So, so the one moment of, I quit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The moment I quit, I felt everything in myself change. Yeah. I was both terrified but more excited than I'd ever been, and that was how I found what yeah, I was meant Congratulations. Because what I'm hearing, and I think this is a big piece of what you teach and what you tell people is all about taking action. 
So if, you're, if you have yeah. a doubt, if you have a doubt or you feel stuck or you're not sure what to do, just go do something. Is that right? Yes. And here's the principle that that comes from. And this serves me still to this day. Clarity comes from engagement, not thought. You are not going to figure out any sticky problem. You're not going to figure out any big dilemma or find your direction in life sitting on your couch. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Change change can't happen without you going out there and doing something. Because once you do something, then then the world gives you feedback. And the feedback Absolutely. is kind of guiding you. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this right? Is this the direction? But if you don't, if you're yeah. just sitting on your couch, nothing happens. There is no feedback. So there is no guidance. And that's right. And here's the thing. It's not even external guidance coming in. It's internal guidance. It's you being in touch with your intuition and your heart. Just like for me, I kept trying these different jobs and logically they sounded good. On paper, they were prestigious. I was still getting a paycheck, but something in me didn't feel right. And it wasn't until I kept pushing through that I felt that wisdom from the inside out. I felt that alignment that said, yes, you may not know what the hell you're doing, but this feels right. Keep going. (laughs) That was the big thing. So another thing that you talk about, Marie, um, and this all goes fits together because you were not an overnight success. Okay, we were oh, not an God. overnight success. You know, every no. uh, there's a lot of people out there. They think, okay, I'm going to start my business, and in, within six months, I'm going to be wildly successful. Oh God, you need to you need to just sit down and take <laughs> your notebook out right now. So I'll tell you from my journey. I had side jobs. I maintained a constellation of side jobs for seven years. That's how slow I am. That's how long it took. It took me seven years until I had the confidence, both in my skill set the confidence financially to let go of the other things I was doing that were providing revenue that was supporting me until I said, you know what? And there were other reasons as well. You know, we can get into those, but it took me seven years until I had the confidence, the clarity and the, the real conviction to say, now is the time to go all in on my business. And I've been doing this for over 18 years. So seven years, a lot of people are like, I'm giving up. This isn't working. I was like, nope, it's working. Progress, not perfection. Every single year I'm getting better. Every single year things are becoming clearer. And I wouldn't have traded that journey for the world. Right, right. You know, when when we launched Rich Dad, Poor Dad back in 1997, it became a a pretty quick success, quicker than we ever expected. But what people don't know is we had a business prior to that for 10 years. And those 10 years were preparing us to understand who our customer was, to understand how to market it, to understand all of that. It it was those 10 years, like you said, you you wouldn't trade it for anything. Those 10 years prepared us so when we launched Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we were in a much better position for success. But that's right. But it wasn't an overnight success. Skills. You have <laughs> so, transferable skills, right? Right. So right. All the skills that you built in those first ten years transferred over into this new endeavor, which allowed it to take off. You know, I want to. We're gonna. We're gonna come back because I have another question here. Because you said you had. You were at seven years. Most people would have quit. And what's the what's the fine line between keeping going and saying, hey, this really isn't working? So we want to talk about that when we come back. And when we come back, Marie, you say everything is figure outable. So we're going to find out what that means and how do you do that? You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. 
I want to teach you about taxes. So here we have Rich Dad Advisor Tom Wheelwright. We're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the tax-free wealth about? What What's different this time? It's a rev revised edition. Well, so what we did was, is we ha this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. Was 86 was the last one. 86 was the last one back right. when I was in Washington, D.C. So many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always, which incentives and which ones apply to me? And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was, what is it, what changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, the I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a, a, a million dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Hello and welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. I'm Kim Kiyosaki and I'm hosting the show today as Robert is off and about in another part of the world. Uh, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. We archive all of our shows because repetition is the best way to learn. So you may have listened to a show six months ago. You're in a different place and you re-listen to that show. You're going to hear things you did not hear before. So listen with your friends, listen with business associates, but they're all there for you as a resource. So we are talking with a very, very special guest today, Marie Forleo. She is an entrepreneur, she's an author, she's a life and business coach, and a digital marketing expert. And basically, her expertise is taking you from where you are today to really where you really want to be in your life so that you can have the ideal life that you want. And a lot of people dream about it, a lot of people think about it, but they never do anything to bring it to fruition. And that's what we're talking about today. So Marie, welcome back. Thank you so much. And I'm excited about your book coming out called Everything is Figure Outable, coming out in 2019. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to ask you, because when we left, you talked about that you were building your business for seven years. And most people, after seven years, if it's not successful, they're like, this, is, this isn't working. I need to go do something else. So what's the fine line between knowing that you just have to keep going versus it really isn't working and I need to go look at something else? So there's a few things. 
for me, in my experience, it was progressing and it was becoming more successful little by little over time. I also call myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. At that stage in my life, I also had a simultaneous career. I was a Nike elite dance athlete. I was doing a lot in the health and fitness world. You can even walk into your local Walmart or Target and probably see me on the cover of like an older workout DVD with a really cheesy smile and like a green <laughs> leotard teaching you how to like dance off the inches. So for me, I was having fun in a lot of different areas, and I consciously knew that my business growth was going to be slower because I wasn't all laser focused on one thing. So that's one piece of the puzzle, and I was consciously okay of that. The second thing, though, for some folks, they're trying to start a business. They don't really care about that business or its mission, right? They want to start a business because they just want freedom or they want to start a business to have enough money to then do what they really want to do. And I always advise against that because you have to have deep purpose connected to what you're doing. That's my belief. Anyway, if you're going to get something off the ground, it is so difficult. And if you don't have those emotional heart centered reasons about why it matters, you're not going to have the emotional stamina. It takes to overcome. You're going to quit. You're going to quit when you hit that wall. You're going to quit when problems arise. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to get you through. That's right. So if you still believe in your idea and the possibility of its merits, then what you have to do is just step back and say, okay, what I've been doing hasn't worked and how can I shift my approach? How can I look for feedback? How can I gain new skills or get some new learning under my belt and try something different? On the other hand, if you're someone who's like, you know what, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't really care. I do want my independence, but this one isn't it, and that's okay. Let me go find a new idea. Let me go find a new set of ideal customers to serve, figure out their problems, and really solve them at a level that no one else has. So, you know, it's not a perfect formula, but it really is about being honest with yourself. And and to that... and yeah, to and to it, that end, you kind of have a you kind of have a litmus test. That you didn't say it this way, but um, you, you talked about excuses. So if it's really really important, and anybody can relate to this, if something is really really important to you, you make it happen. But if it's mm-hmm. not really important, you're going to find yourself making excuses. So I think That's from right. an from an awareness point of view, what you're talking about a lot is awareness. And when you catch yourself making excuses, you know it's like oh maybe this isn't really that important to me. But when you yes. when you figure out what is and you start driving on that, that awareness, that piece will keep you going. The commitment does keep you going because yeah. when anything is important to you, if you think about something with your family, right, or someone that you love, if they need you, they are so important to you, you love them so much, you're willing to do anything. You'll stay up late, you'll wake up early, you'll do whatever it takes to get the result because that's how much you care. In your business, you can use that same type of framework. If you're not caring so much, you have to really be honest. You know, nothing is a failure. Everything can be learning onto your next adventure, but you do have to be real with yourself about whether or not you care enough to continue. Yep. And another litmus test, we, of course, always use at Rich Dad Poor Dad is, are we making a profit? Yeah. If we're making a profit, then we're on the right track. Was your business making a profit in those seven years? It was. It was small. At yep. first, it wasn't because yep. I was still in the learning right. phase, right? right? So maybe like for the first year or two, it wasn't like it was eating money, but I was bartending, waiting tables, being a personal assistant, doing all the things I could to not only fund my own education, but for yes. me specifically as a coach, I didn't want to be desperate. I didn't want to bring that energy to my mm-hmm. coaching clients. I wanted Perfect. to learn how to serve them 
And then, yes, to answer your question, over time, it was profitable. It just wasn't enough. Again, as a girl living in New York City, who sometimes likes to buy a pair of shoes, (laughs) I needed to get it to a level that was really sustainable. And for me, that took time. Yeah, and that's a great point because one of the things that we we said from the start at Rich Dad is we never wanted to make a decision for the purpose of putting money in our pocket. It had to be a decision that was best for the business. And that made all the difference. That made all the difference. That was the same thing for me, too. I was willing to work another, you know, five or six shifts per week if I needed to, you know, uh, have the capital to buy a new website or to sign myself up for a course or to do whatever I needed to do in order to ultimately succeed long term. But I was not willing to make short term decisions for short term profit. Yep. So rule number one is you got to be patient, be willing to put in the time, put in the effort. Don't expect everything to be an overnight success because it's not going to happen that way in most cases. So your book is called Everything is Figureoutable. What does that mean? What is figureoutable? Figure outable means that there's actually a few rules, and I'm having fun with this as we're finishing up the book right now. So rule number one is that any problem or dream is figure outable, meaning there is a solution. Whether one exists or you create it, it is solvable. The second rule is that if a problem or a dream isn't solvable, it's not really a problem. It means it's probably a fact of life. For example, death. Right? And there are some people who are trying to figure that one out, too. Rule number three is this. You may not care enough to solve this particular problem or dream in your life. Again, the problem could be like, oh, I don't like my career. I want to start my own business. Or similarly, that dream could be like, I want to do something I love and get paid wildly well for it. If you don't care enough to solve that problem or reach that dream, which is where we just were, that's okay. But you need to find something that you care so much about that you're willing to be in it for the long term. Then you go right back to rule number one, which is everything is figureoutable. And for me, it's really a philosophy of relentless optimism. It's a philosophy of continual action. We conquer by continuing. It's a way to use our creativity, our minds, our resources to keep pushing ourselves forward. Because, Kim, you know this. All happiness in life comes from making progress. And problems are never the problem. The only problem we have is thinking that we shouldn't have problems. (laughs) It's the only way we learn. It's the only way we grow. It's the only way our businesses succeed is fight through solving problems. So, so you, so when you say if you don't care enough, so I'm guessing what was solvable to you is if you don't care enough. So, what you cared enough about was to find your calling. That's right, and that's what that's what did. Yes, there's been many other areas in my life where I've cared enough to do whatever it takes. My dad had a collapsed in a bank a few years ago and his kidneys were failing and he was taking horrible care of himself and I tried to change him you know for years but he just wasn't ready and I was like I'm getting on a plane and I'm doing a health intervention with you and you don't have a choice about it and we took him off like 13 medications he dropped almost 20 pounds he's been healthier than ever and he's in his 70s and he's doing great there's been times in my own relationship painful problems I've been with my man for over 15 years and we found ourselves going like oh wow don't know if this is going to last but I cared enough to say, no, I feel like this problem is figureoutable, and we're going to dig in, do the hard work, get uncomfortable, and solve it. And time and time again, we have. So, so the three rules of figureoutable is, number one, is any problem is solvable? Every problem or every dream is figureoutable. Figureoutable. Rule number two, yeah, everything is figureoutable. Rule number two, if it's not figureoutable, it's not a problem. It's a fact of life just like death, okay. <laughs> right? So like you don't have to spend your time on that. And rule number three is you may not care enough. 
It may not be important enough to you. It may not be something you want to devote your time or your energy or money to to figure it out. And that's okay. But go back, look inside of you, and if a problem or a dream is truly that meaningful for you, you will be able to figure it out. And if it is figure outable, and this is where a lot of people get stuck and they've started their business yeah. and they're doing everything themselves and they're trying to solve all these problems by themselves. And oftentimes yes. the, they have the reason is the problem is them. <laughs> so yeah. wh- what, where's the transition from you're doing everything by yourself to start bringing on people for your team? Because I found Absolutely. I can't solve all these problems by myself. I need the team and the team has much better ideas than I do. Or synergetically as a group, we come up with much better ideas and much better solutions. A hundred percent. And I would say at first as a stepping back framework, right? If anyone else in human history has ever figured this problem out, then you know that there's a way. So in your example, has anyone else ever developed a team? Yes. That means somewhere there's clues. <laughs> that means that someone can help us. You know, asking any other entrepreneur, going online, listening to podcasts like this, how did you hire your first assistant? How did you start to think through how to start to build a team? For me, when I found myself doing all of my own customer service, right, doing all of my own scheduling, doing all of the things that I had to do, wearing a million hats to keep it going, I realized that was unsustainable. And then I realized other people had built teams. And I said, okay, if they can do it, I can do it too. What's my first step? Let me make a list of all the things that only I can do and separate off the things that someone else, in theory, could do for me. So that turned into customer service. That turned into a lot of kind of the web work. That turned into scheduling. I started making a list, and then I started reaching out other business owners saying, hey, where did you find your first assistant? And for me, in those days, it was a virtual assistant. And I got to tell you, Kim, I was horrible. I hired the wrong people. I wasted money. I made mistakes. I cried. I was a terrible boss. But you know what? I learned. <laughs> I learned we how all, to get better. That's, that's how we do it. We all learn. Because I remember when I first had to hire my first assistant, um, my first words to myself where I don't have money for that. I can't afford that. And that's what I hear from yeah. a lot of people. I can't afford to bring on an employee. How can I do that? But when I stepped back and said, okay, what are all, exactly what you're saying? What are all the things he or she can do that will free me up to do the things that I'm best at doing? And if you yeah. can get away from all these little details that are really just busyness, they're not growing your business, then that's when you need to bring on somebody to do that. And I'm, I'm going to just, from personal experience, that made all the difference. You get somebody doing those Same things. Here. Yeah, it, it frees you up to do what you're best at. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to remember for all of us, no one was born knowing how to be a great leader or a great entrepreneur. All of us learn these skills. These are learnable. These are figure-outable. So if you have a problem right now like that, you're doing everything yourself, just look around and say, hey, other people have built companies, small mm-hmm. companies, medium companies, billion-dollar companies. That means it's possible, and I can too. And just like Kim said at the beginning, if you start taking action, clarity comes from engagement, not thought. You're not going to figure this out on your couch. you got to get out there, start doing things, and learn as you go. And I love that. Whenever you're stuck, whenever you're doubting, whenever you're like in a problem, just go do something. Just go do something. It's that'll that'll start the energy going. <laughs> there, there's something else, a totally different piece I want to bring up, Marie, because I think this is crucial, and I want your perspective on it. You say one of the keys to success in growing your business is to stay present. What is what yes. is your definition of present? When you're present, you're awake. You are not locked into the habitual conditioned thinking of the mind. You're actually in touch with the wisdom, the intuition that exists in your heart and your body. 
So you're here in this moment right now, and you're out of the habitual condition nature. So studies have shown that it's anywhere between, and different studies say different quotes, but between 40 and 45% of our lives are habitual. You wake up in the morning, you think the same thoughts, you feel the same yeah. feelings, right? We mm-hmm. go on autopilot. You got that little voice inside of your head talking, 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 talking to you all day yeah. long. All day and long. going on autopilot isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a way that we can serve our resources so that we can direct our attention and our focus to things that really matter, right? Important problems. However, the problem comes in where we do it so often that we're living from the neck up. We're just living in our head. Being present gives us access to these incredible stores of wisdom, Kim, that live in our hearts and in our physical bodies. You know, we're in a very sedentary culture right now. A lot of people sit at a computer or sit at their desks for maybe eight to 10 hours a day. And we're getting away from a lot of the wisdom, the energy that comes through our bodies. And that can only happen when we're present, right? If you're kind of zoned out, sitting in front of the tube, just stuffing your face with popcorn or chips, you're not going to be present. You're not going to be able to hear or gain insights or ideas that would otherwise come if you were present and active. In relationship, you tell me, Kim, what do you think is going to create more sustainable, satisfying relationships or potential connections or solutions between a synergistic team? If everyone's staring down at their phones or if they're actually there listening to each other like each person matters. And when you say listen, because most of us were in the past or we're in the yeah. future. How are we going to, how, yeah. you know, how am I going to, this, this has to happen, this has to happen, this, oh, oh, I did this in the past, but there, people are not present today. And to me, what that means is that that little voice in your head is, is quiet. <laughs> it's like, you're there with this person. I'll give you an example. I run into a friend of mine at a restaurant and I'm like, I was run, running out the door, going to do something else. And I run into this person and my mind is going, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I got this to do. I got this to do. I got to do this, da, 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 da. And then I went, no, I don't. No, I don't. Just be here with this person now. And we had the best conversation, and she turned me on to a person that I really needed to connect with. Um, and all of yeah. this, just by being present. And, and sometimes you just got to pay attention and listen to that little voice that's going, what little voice? Listen to that little voice because it will drive you nuts. And just shut it yeah. off and just be present. If I have business meetings now, I do my best to shut up that little voice Go in there and really be present and hear and interact and hear the ideas that are coming through. Because, again, the solutions that the people around me come up with are a lot better than the solutions I come up with by myself. So I That's think right. it, when it, the more you can, and to me it's practice being present. The more I can practice being yeah. present and just calming down that little voice and really hearing what's being said and looking and seeing what's around me, that's when the magic happens. And that's when a lot it of business is. magic happens, too. Absolutely. And where that often comes from, too, is because you're in alignment with your life. You're not rushing so fast to get ahead that you actually miss the wisdom, the synchronicity, the insight that is here. Opportunities that might be right in front of you that you don't even see. Yep. Yes. Exactly. What uh, final words do you have for our audience? One thing that I like to tell every person that's out there that has a dream or an idea or a product or service that they really want to get out into the world is this. So many of us feel nervous or scared or we hold ourselves back from really sharing what it is that we want to give to others in terms of marketing or sales of our product. And here's what I want to leave people with. When you have a product or a service that you truly believe in your heart of hearts can help other people and you don't do everything that you possibly can to get it out into the world in front of the people who you're meant to serve, you are stealing from those 
who need you most. There is no one like you on this planet. There never will be again. That's not just a nice platitude. That's proven by science from a genetic DNA combination perspective. You are a one-time mega event in the universe. So don't play small. Don't hold yourself back. Realize that the world really does need that special gift that only you have, and it's your job to get it out there. Very nicely said. That's why I love when, especially for women, sometimes women just want a small, like add a few extra dollars to their bottom line or get some more money for the family. No, if you have a great idea that's going to serve people, then it's your responsibility to get it out to as many people as possible and to build a great business. Very well said, Marie. Thank you so much. You are such a joy. And congratulations on all your success. And I would love to have you back on the program another time. And we can talk more, especially when your book comes out. Your book is called Absolutely. Everything, Everything is Figureoutable. Figureoutable. Very yeah. exciting. Thank you so much, Kim. All I right. appreciate it. It's been an honor, and thank you for your work in the world. Oh, it's my honor, Marie. Thank you, thank you. And when we come back, we're going to go into Ask Kim. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate, and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Hello and welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. I want to thank our very special guest, Marie Forleo, entrepreneur, author, life and business coach, digital marketing expert. She's coming out with her new book called Everything is Figureoutable. And I did not mention she's a host of the award-winning show Marie TV. Marie TV. Keep an eye out for that online. Um, again, you can listen to any of the Rich Dad Radio programs anytime, anywhere. We archive them all on iTunes or Android so that you can listen to them again and again. Because every time I listen to a new program or anytime I read a book for a second time, I always have new insights and new ideas. So we do that as a resource to you. And now we're going to go into Ask Kim, and you can submit your questions at, to Ask Kim or Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And thank you again for all the questions that we get from you because you help us to guide us on what's best for this program and what you really want to hear and talk about. So, Melissa, what is the first question? Our first question today comes from Riley in Buffalo, New York. Favorite book, Rich Woman. Oh, thank you, Riley. Thank you. Hi, Kim. I'm a big fan of yours and Robert's, and I love your show. 
My question is, with all of the success you've had, do you still face adversity and doubt in business? If so, how do you handle it? <laughs> adversity and doubt. Gee, I just had that happen this morning. Oh. <laughs> little adversity happened this morning. Every single day, Riley, there is a problem. And just as Marie's talking about, you know, everything is figure outable. And I always hold it that everything happens for a better reason. So a problem comes up, adversity comes up, and I want to figure out what's the lesson in the problem, what's the lesson in the adversity, how can we figure this out, and how can we make our business and ourselves better as a result of it. So I think the purpose of an entrepreneur, truthfully, is is to solve problems. And so many people spend their lives wanting to avoid problems, not having to handle problems, but handling problems and adversity, setbacks, obstacles, that's how we grow, that's how we learn. So I think one of the best lessons for me is the more problems I face, the better I'm going to be and the better our business will be. So I never want to avoid the problems. I never want to avoid the adversity. Do I have doubts all the time? Do I have fear? Absolutely. (laughs) And what we do is we just do our best, put our head down and say, how do we figure this out? And how do we make everything better because of it? So that's what we do. Thank you, Riley. And thank you for uh, listening to Rich Dad Radio. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Emma in Nashville, Tennessee. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Says, I know you're a proponent of self-improvement and personal development. My question is, how do you keep up your practice and focus in this area, and how do you start your days? Oh, great question, Emma. Um, I am a huge proponent of personal development. I think by working on myself, that helps me grow as a person, but it also helps me grow as an entrepreneur, grow as a woman, grow in all areas. Um, so what I do is I my routine is pretty simple. I have my go-to books, my go-to personal development books, such as The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. All Those are three of my favorites. Um, Deepak Chopra, another favorite author. And what I do is I'll read a piece each morning, and then I'll take that piece and I'll practice it for the day. So with Marie, we were talking about being present. And being present to me is a practice to quiet down my mind and when I'm in front of somebody to really be with that person. And so I do a little reading, and then I take it out in the world. And just as Marie says, you got to put it into action. So I take some action and I practice, practice, practice. Just like anything in life, you got to practice to get better and better at it. So I don't think people can really be successful in business without working on themselves, being introspective, you know, looking at the lessons learned. Whatever life puts in front of me is my belief that it's there for me to learn from. And I keep holding it from that point of view. And that's really the best practice that I that I do every day. So thank you for the question, Emma. Um, Final question, Melissa. Our question now comes from Tyler in San Diego, California. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm in the process of launching my digital marketing business. I've been working at it on the side, but I'm stepping out on my own now. What do you think is the biggest mistake first-time business owners make, and what's your advice on how to avoid the typical pitfalls of a (laughs) first-timer? How to avoid. Tyler, you don't want to avoid the pitfalls. You want all those pitfalls. Um, You know, you can learn from other people and their mistakes, but don't be afraid of the pitfalls and don't be afraid of the problems and don't be afraid of the mistakes because, again, just as I said, that's how you're going to learn. And I would actually listen to this program again because a couple of great, great 
pieces that Marie gave us was number one, you got to be patient in your business. Don't expect it to happen overnight. Work it, work it, work it. Figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Very, very key piece because so many people want to be that success overnight. They want it to be easy. I'm going to tell you, being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's just not. I don't know anybody who has had success and sustained it without facing a lot of adversity, problems, obstacles along the way because in order to grow your business, you've got to solve problems. There was a woman one day came in for a job here at Rich Dad, and she said, well, I just want a job, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to solve, I don't want a job with problems. And we're like, well, then why would we hire you? <laughs> why do we need you if you're not going to help us solve problems? So, um, Tyler, don't be afraid of, of the pitfalls. You can learn from them. I mean, I've made so many mistakes. I make mistakes every day. I've made mistakes in my investing. I've made money. I've lost money. I've made mistakes. I think one of the biggest mis things I'm learning is how to manage people. That's a huge problem of business. And as you grow, just as Marie said, you're going to have to get away from doing it all yourself and you're going to have to bring on other people. So there's so much to learn. And I think entrepreneurship is the fast track to personal development because every day you're facing something new, you're facing a problem, you're facing something you haven't experienced before. And to get through it is where growth and real learning happens. So again, thank you all for your questions. Thank you, Marie Forleo. What a wonderful guest. And please submit your questions to Ask Robert or Ask Kim at richdadradio.com. Thank you for listening, and I encourage you all to go for the life you truly want.